This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Metal Sucks Podcast is brought to you by Outer Loop Records. Founded as a sister company to Outer Loop Management, Outer Loop Records is back with a brand new partnership with Cooking Vinyl and is happy to have relaunched and announced the signing of four bands, Chasing Safety, Migosh, Youth and Revolt, and Lorna Shore. Let's play a clip of Lorna Shore's new Denounce the Light from their forthcoming album Flesh Coffin, which is due February 17th, 2017. That's Lorna Shore's Flesh Coffin. Pre-orders available via All In Merch, allinmerch.com slash outerloop. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends, yes. and welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Be sure that you uh, have us subscribed everywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, where it doesn't matter. Wherever you get it, search Metal Sucks Podcast, you will find us, and that way you can uh, have it come right to your device by subscribing. Maybe leave us a couple of stars, tell us that we suck, we would appreciate that. Uh, you can also find us all over the place, social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify. And Instagram at Chuck and Godless as well as Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless as well. Uh, Allegiant may not be begging for your money, but we are. So, um, you know, <laughs> we want your cash. So go to uh, ChuckandGodless.com. That's a short way to get to uh, our Patreon account. And we would, uh, we'd appreciate it. Especially all you guys have already done it. Got some extras on there. <clears throat> I think there's like 30, 40 things that you can pull in that you, that Metal Sucks readers have not been able to get. You get exclusively through Patreon. Plus, you know, some sweeteners and other stuff. We've made, you know, phone messages for people and a few other things like that that are pretty cool. So. And I just would like to really, in, you know, insist that if you're listening to our podcast that you, you add Chuck and I to your list of people you're going to be doing some, you know, Christmas giving for. You know? <laughs> there you go. That, I like that. Yeah. 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 That'll be you know, what you do. Yeah. The list would be something like mom, uh, the kids, and Chuck and Godless. There you, you know, go. Good. Right, right there. Yeah. Done. It's a totally solid. List is done. So, uh, yeah, we would love that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, um, let's see. Let's see. What do we got? To, we got to, we're going to talk a little bit about Metallica in this episode. We're going to talk to Dave Stevens from uh, We Came as Romans on this episode. Uh, they've got, um, let's see, well, they, they don't have a new record coming out because they, we, their self-title came out in 2015. But we got to talk to them about kind of in depth because they just did the drummer change, got a lot of other things that are going on with them. So I'm going to get them, uh, get to talk to Dave on the show. And yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, we're gonna talk we about don't that. usually get like a band when they're like in between albums. Usually we're on the cycle, you know, so I know. really great to get him. Like, you know, he's in the studio, they're working on stuff. They've had some lineup changes. They, they've changed a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes you know, it, it, we get to find out, like, th- does the new drummer need to be a sexy dude? <laughs> I think so. He's got to be. At least a sexy is on him. I know that for sure. Why? He answers uh, yeah. honestly. It was so great. Yeah, no, and, and you're right, though. I love that when you get people that are off cycle. Because when you get into the pool 
um, interviews that are going on, everybody's got stuff going on, and then everybody's got sort of the package answer for whatever uh, questions are going to be coming down the pipe because they're all used to it. And you know, I hope to th- I like to think that we are better at uh, getting different things out there from different people. But when you get them off cycle, you just get a little bit different take on what's going on in behind the scenes and sort of stuff. So I always like that. Not to mention one of my favorite bands with one of my favorite songs of the year. So yeah. Love that band. And then we've got, uh, we're going to get another song from Coliseum in this episode, a cover song uh, of Danzig, which is pretty good. I, I'll explain when we get to get past that, because I want to say it's like on on the EP somewhere, but it officially came out last week on a seven inch with Doom Riders. So we'll, we'll talk about that, too, uh, as we get there. But uh, let's see. It's been it has been busy. We are going to be taking the week uh, after Thanksgiving off, just FYI. So if you're uh, like, you know, keeping score at home, be ready to have a skipped week. I know. I know. <laughs> life is going to suck. But there's 170 plus episodes for you to check out if you haven't checked out all of them. If you have, well, who knows? Maybe there's some extra Patreon stuff that you haven't checked out yet. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So, you know, maybe go over there and check some of that stuff out. But uh, it has been busy, like trying to get up to I'm, I'm taking vacation next week. So I'm going to have like, you know, the entire week of Thanksgiving off. And uh, I do, whenever I get crammed in to taking vacation, it always seems like, you know, everything piles up in front of it where you got to get everything fucking done. And then I've been piling more and more and more crap on top of everything else that's been going on. It has been just like it's been nuts this past month. Well, it's like. After the election, everybody's like, you know, hey, if you really want to make a difference, you got to get involved in politics. And like, you know, I figure that when you read that, you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you do jack shit because that's <laughs> what you usually do. But not Chuck. Chuck's got 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 game, man. You getting politically involved. This is the well, first step towards maybe a future what governorship, maybe <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not running for any office. I'll tell you that right now uh, because uh, yeah, I got to get you got to give up the radio gig. Actually, is is the pisser? Is he, you would have to totally give up the radio gig. One of our guys did run for city council, and he had to stop being on the radio for uh, I think the three months he was running. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's one thing for a top top tier DJ. It's a whole nother thing for a, a, a metal schmuck like me. You know, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll find somebody else to fill my slot in a heartbeat. So, you know, but it happened last year where they were talking about all this stuff is, uh, you know, Austin, Texas is called the live music capital of the world or it's self-imposed, basically. And it's one of those things that a lot of people have just said for a long time that we're just kind of giving lip service to it because what we're doing is we're tearing down all the venues and building high rises and condominiums and we're gentrifying the entire downtown and places where all this live music and stuff used to happen and and it's just becoming a more fragmented sort of scene and our mayor actually has done some stuff to like try to curb that and keep venues and keep businesses sort of working together to keep the live music intact and help musicians and do a lot of other stuff. And I got tapped by the Austin Music Commission, uh, which is an entire commission set up by with musicians on it, uh, all club owners, um, you know, a lot of different uh, a wide swath of people here in the city. And I got tapped by them to do like a panel uh, for for them based on hard rock and heavy metal in in Austin as part of a genre uh, development thing that they were doing to explore like the shit we need, you know, and the and the stuff that, that that would help out the hard rock and heavy metal community. And it was really interesting. You know, it was a lot of fun to kind of be part of it. Uh, and be a, a quote unquote expert in it, you know. And now they've 
roped you in. So now I just, just like, God, I just had a meeting, and now it looks like I might actually be. Uh, it, it's possible that I could be getting appointed to the mayor's committee on genre development uh, for to represent heavy metal, which um, awesome. is kind of cool. Uh, it, but at the same time, it's what's weird is, is it's sort of subversive because, you know, the other genres that we're talking about are uh, have more. They're, let's just say they're ethnic based, right? So you got a hip hop, you got hip hop, you got Latino and uh, conjunto and some other like uh, Texas music and things like that. So you've got Hispanic, you've got African American, and then you've got metal. So like, there's no, there's no like other ties in there to sort of wrangle it in, you know, as far as an angle. But what what I was pointing out to these guys was I was like, what's really cool about the metal genre, especially here, is is that is it's diverse like we've got such a good cool diverse pool of people uh whether you're african-american hispanic uh, you know a little bit of everybody that's mixed up in heavy metal so it's kind of a smaller genre but at the same time we we service everybody you see all walks of life in the audience man it's sort of crazy so that's that's what you told your good friend the mayor of austin well no i didn't tell him that i was telling the guy from the austin music commission that you know because because they're gonna have you like on speed dial and stuff you is he gonna be like having you show up for his fundraisers the next time he runs he'll have like a heavy metal emergency and pick up the phone and call me you know it's like hey yeah guess what uh metallica's thinking about coming to town what do we do you know yeah Yeah, you're gonna have to hook up the mayor with tickets that's what he's he's after you know (laughs) they're only putting you they're only putting you on that panel so that you can hook him up with free metallica tickets have you ever seen have you ever seen our mayor speak i mean he's pretty much got the you know even he's one of those he's real soft-spoken sort of guy you know he's got the thing and yeah no the heavy metal's probably not his thing He's probably more so of a jazz a guy. Republican or a Democrat? I think he's a. Well, I think he's a Democrat. But I mean, basically, you sort of run unaffiliated for mayor here, or it seems like anyway. But I think he's a Democrat technically. But I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how this goes. It's going to be interesting to see to be affiliated with like officially with the government in some way, uh, and to see how it goes. And it was funny because I was talking to somebody from the commission about it and. And they're like, yeah, I was like, well, you know, I've got all this other stuff going on because I'm a board of directors for uh, this other thing that I'm doing. You know, I've got my regular daytime engineering job. Then I also do the metal show. Then I also do the podcast. Then I also do the other podcast. I also do. I was like, I got all this. He's like, well, don't forget, this is the pace of government. So you can kind of, you know, figure things out as you go. And it's uh, not not too fast paced. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. You know what's so awesome is that you, you're going to be so buddy buddy with the mayor of Austin. Like you can get back to drinking and driving again. You know, you get pulled <laughs> over. You're like, man, I am white and I am the mayor's buddy. Actually, no. So, the, see, the, that, that's the that's the bad thing is like you raise your notoriety. Next thing you know, instead of like I snuck my DWI under the record and nobody noticed it. Like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I was in the paper with my mugshot and all that shit. You know. Uh, and uh, and nobody nobody really caught it, you know. I just was able to scoot by on all that stuff. Now it's like it's Can you one of those. Put your mugshot on Instagram for us, I, dude. I fucking don't have that thing. I gotta find it again. <gasps> yeah, I gotta yeah. find it. No, my dude, there was nothing. There was nothing crazy about it. There really wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. You know what I'm saying? If it was like one of those where your hair's all fucked up and you, you know, uh, you know, no, no, it wasn't that bad. But no, it's uh, it, it was one of those things that. 
Uh, you know, you think about it, it's like, well, uh, no, no, no. Now, if I get caught, I got a little notoriety. I got to be really good now, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how this all plays out. Whether or not you know this is lip service, if it's going to be something that works out, something that's good for the mental community, uh, and if it's something that we can all kind of work together on. You know, that's the tough part is figuring out. You know, when you got so many different fingers in the pie, how do you get everybody to kind of agree on an agenda or stuff that is important to you? You know, because to me, it's like I want to make sure musicians are making money some way. I just I just think it's cool the way that like, you know, people are used to like seeing you out at shows like every night of the week. And now you'll be like, man, I'm sorry I didn't make the gig. Uh, I was hanging out with my buddy, the mayor. We were trying to make some (laughs) politics happen. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been I've been slacking lately, man. I have totally been slacking and going to shows. It's been uh, I'm, I'm going. I'm doing a, a local show this weekend, finally. But, uh, but man, yeah, I've been I've been slacking. Uh, if you noticed on the Instagram, there have been a lot of uh, a lot of updates from my live live concert venues uh, uh, the past couple of weeks. It's been it's been kind of lame. It's been a Dell. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, yay! But you know, you got to do that for the kid. Oh, oh God! Oh God! I'm do, I don't want to get into this because this would just be totally embarrassing. But oh my God! Let's just say my my daughter became a woman this week, so life has been interesting. This uh, this is what's his name? This no 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 no. Like uh, never mind. I, I had like a Neil Diamond song flying through my head. And, you know, I I don't even want to get I don't even want to get into it because like someday this may make it onto her iPhone. You know, it's like no no. <laughs> Dude, you know. How is it that you're like, you're like, hey, before we start recording, what are we going to talk about? I, I, you know, I'm on this now city council thing. And you're like, yeah, that's good. Let's go with that. And then you're like, my daughter became a woman. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's exactly. There's the topic. That's exactly why I did that. <laughs> Welcome to your truth bomb. All right. Uh-huh. Now let's get into that interview with uh, We Came as Romans. All right, cool. <laughs> Dave Stevens from We Came as Romans on the Metal Sucks podcast. Do-do-do-do-do. What's up, Dave? It's Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast, brother. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing well. I'm glad we got it to work out, man. And get the, get yeah, it all. seriously. What's up with this Wasted Age song? First of all, it's a freaking awesome song, right? But where's the rest of the album? <laughs> uh, funny enough, I actually just had to step out of a session because uh, we started writing. Well, we started writing a few months ago, but we're actually like in grind mode now. Like Our first day in the studio was yesterday, so... Um, the ball is was started rolling a few months ago, and now it's like really picking up speed, and um, things are getting done. So we just wanted to get one song done to release to our fans because you know they've been anxious since the last record. They want to hear something different and um, something new. So we were like, all right, let's give them something. We gave them that song. We gave everybody that song, and um, hopefully to tide everybody over for the next few months. But you know, I'm looking at this post on Facebook, and it feels like there's something else going on here with just this song. As far as this kind of cryptic post that you have up here, saying that you know, uh, with, with what you guys have been through and what you're still going through as a band, what uh, I mean, does it is, is there some other signaling that you're giving? Is there some liminal message there? I think it's just kind of setting up, you know, where this next record is going. Um, you know, it still is in the very early stages, but you know, a lot of us have kind of lost faith in some of the things that we used to believe in, you know, when it comes to the music industry and um, different people in our lives and things change, you know, and we've changed as people and some of the things around us have changed. And I think 
this record will uh, tell a little bit more of that story. Mm. So uh, let's unpack. Wow. Let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah, there. You so, firing managers, <laughs> firing uh, booking agents. Let's start with the industry part of that. So, so welcome to VH1's behind the music, twenty first <laughs> yeah, century. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as far as like the music industry, what are you talking? What are you referring to there? I mean, yeah, basically, um, we were really unhappy with a lot of things on our last record, and you know where this band was headed and the direction it was going um, beyond musically and stuff, just the business aspect of it all. So just recently we kind of cleaned house and, you know, we only want to work with people that we trust and, you know, feel like are in it for more than just, you know, their cut of the pie. Is this that scene from the movie where you fired everybody in LA and you hired the guy who, you know, you've been hanging out with over at the mall? (laughs) It like, it almost feels like that to be honest, but you know, like, it's something that we, it's, it's kind of nice the way that it all timed out. Um, currently it's not something that we need to even worry about. Like it's just great. The headspace we're all at because we're all feeling somewhat emotional, obviously, but at the same time, like it's something we don't need to worry about for the next couple months. So we can just completely focus our minds on writing this record because, you know, that's by far the most important thing we're going to do in the next, you know, few years. <laughs> Now, were these people that you had been with for a long time, and it was a it was a matter of like finally cutting off your foot? Pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's never easy to do, but you know, it's like we it seemed like something was wrong with the car, and so we kind of had to rip the car apart to find what part was wrong. You know, get rid of it and replace it. Well, how did you That's- how did you come to realize that? What what, what was actually yeah. your the the impetus to to get you to that point? Um, it, I mean kind of just a long story i mean just a lot of several different instances where things were going wrong like people were dropping the ball and we were like why does this shit keep happening to us and you know we um finally found the root of the problem and luckily um the rest of the company has been really helping us out and like having our backs through it all because they didn't really know what was going on either but it's different instances that things should have been looked into a little bit better um it just didn't seem like we were being taken care of like we were supposed to. And, you know, you, you pay a fee to be taken care of, and and it just wasn't happening anymore. Mm. That's got to be so frustrating when you've got, without a doubt, artistically, the best album of your career. Every signal that seems to be, you know, indicating you guys are not only just on an upward trajectory, but you're hockey sticking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's incredibly frustrating, but... That's, you know, it's unfortunately, I mean, you, you said it yourself, VH1 behind the music, it's, it's unfortunately part of the industry, you know, and it's, uh, we've always heard the horror stories and everything about it, but I guess it just, you know, took some time for us to finally stumble across one of our own. Well, you know, you start, you get used to it, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard to see the forest for the tree sometimes, you know, and when you're in the middle of it, right? You're just kind of going yeah, and going like, and going. It's like when you're in a relationship with like a girl that sucks, you know, and and, like, all your friends are kind of scared to tell you, but then you break up with her, and everyone's like, hey, good job, man. Like, that's awesome. My and mom like, did that to me once. Why <laughs> didn't you say that? <laughs> See, my mom totally <laughs> sold me out me? like that once. I was like, oh, why didn't you? Well, mom, you could have told me. Uh, uh. But, I mean, yep, well, did, exactly. but did did everybody, like, tell you that after you made this change? And, that, like, did they see all this stuff going on? Yeah, it kind of seems that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we try not to really, like, you know, air out our dirty laundry too much. Yeah, with any specific details, but uh, it it does seem like we've made the right decision, and um, you know, moving forward, we just gotta. 
fucking kill this record. <laughs> <laughs> David, it is funny, like you mentioned, that it's a lot like breaking up like a girl, because you read those lyrics, and it's like you pulled a, you know, that episode of South Park where Cartman just changes all of his songs about love to Jesus. Christian rock songs. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. sort of the same thing what you guys did, you know? Yeah, you know, like, whenever we write, we try to, we try to keep our lyrics very, uh, somewhat open for interpretation, you know, so, you know, more people can relate to it. Like, you know, we were feeling one way about the song and somebody else could very well take it a completely different way. And that's fine. You know, our music is meant to be that way. It's, you know, it's supposed to be for everybody. So now I want to unpack the other part of that that in the beginning, what we were talking about. So you're talking about industry now, personally in relationships and other stuff. What, what else did you guys have going on in the middle of all this stuff too? It sounds like you've got some turmoil. Yeah, we finally parted ways with uh, Eric, um, who's basically an original member. He's been with us since, you know, 2000, 2006, I believe. And uh, super talented kid, and he's been with us forever. We, you know, know him extremely well, but he just, uh, he wanted to go do something different with his life. He just didn't really seem like he was focused on this anymore. And, you know, we're not the type of people that, force him to stick with us you know if he wants to go try something different and um do something different with his life that's that's totally fine i mean i don't know exactly what he's doing i meant to catch up with him this week but i know he was talking about going back to school or maybe starting a new band but it just didn't seem like uh this was where he currently wanted to be and we're not going to hold him back do you think that was something like uh financial issues or anything like that kind of struggles or something like that or is it uh just ready to get off the bandwagon for now i think uh i think he's just kind of worn out from the road and stuff and just wants to like i said just try something different i mean um did you make him you know, load his all... drums in every night is that what it was <laughs> yeah. he had, did he had to do, he had to load that shit by himself every night or what <laughs> no he, he had a drum tech and everything and you know and uh you know and we all and we all like make a comfortable living you know we're not rich but we all have cars and you know live in our own places and so i don't think there's anything to do with that either i just think uh eric's the type of person you know i just like i think he was starting to have a hard time in like such a confined space that a bus is or you know living out of a suitcase six to eight months a year um it just seemed like he wanted to try something different with all that and maybe start going back to school or i'm not sure i kind of want to catch up with him this week though and see what he's doing yeah, yeah. yeah we want to interview him do you think we could do that i mean I'm like, <laughs> my, my first question yeah, is like <laughs> are you crazy what are you what are you thinking it sucks out here you're living the dream man you know how could you how could you blow that you know it it, it really is and like you know in in my mind like that's kind of how i still think of it too but like you know things change people change and um it, it, it's funny in this industry though it's like there are guys that once they're done with it they're done and and then you know they go work a normal job and whatever they wind up doing and they still wind up being happy because they did live out that dream and you know they did get to see the world and it's almost like when their time's there and ready it's like they're almost welcoming to getting to go home every night and <laughs> living the normal life so i mean Maybe that's where he's at too. I'm I'm not entirely sure. That's all true until like, you know, there's a kid and you go home and your kid looks at you and goes Dad, you are the most uncool motherfucker ever, <laughs> and you're like, no, no, man, I used to, I used to be in a band. That's when yeah, that sucks. Pick, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part would suck, but uh, you know, at least I mean, I feel like even if you were in a band, though, I feel like your kid would probably still look at you and be like, you're still not cool, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> 
But I mean, it's all. It does seem odd that since you guys are, I would, I would say that you guys are still on a on an upward trajectory as a band. You know, to 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 bail now. You know what I'm saying? It seems like kind of an odd time, but it, like the the big big struggles are behind you in a lot of ways. As far as like we're not slogging it out in a ten passenger van, we're you know able to move it up a little bit. So I mean, it seems like a weird time to bail. It's it's kind of funny though in our minds, like. We're always so hungry for the next thing. It's like we never feel like we're. I'm not. I'm not sure really how to put this. I mean, I, I guess like in our minds, you know, we're we're. We always feel like we're just flatlining. That we got to just keep growing and growing. We're always like, we got to do something to keep growing the band. And I think a lot of our success our success comes from that. But at the same time, sometimes it drives you nuts, you know, because it's it's hard to see really where you stand when like you're inside of this and it's happening around you. Uh, rather than viewing it from the outside. And, um, you know, numbers speak for themselves. We can see we're growing and stuff, but, like, in our minds, we're like, we got to do more. We got to, <laughs> I don't know, we're just always hungry for that next step. We're very ambitious people and, you know, goal-oriented. At a certain point, you really just got to take a deep breath and enjoy the present. You know, you just never know when you're going to peak. I mean, I, I, I listen to, you know, uh, the world I used to know, and I go, yeah, well, it ain't Hoobastank, but it's pretty damn close. I mean, this is like <laughs> a freaking hit. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, my dad's actually really good about that. Whenever I see him, he's always like, because, you know, every time we go into the studio, we get so nervous. We're like, do or die, you know, like this could be our last record. You never know. Like, you know, like you said, you don't know when you're in a peak. You really don't. Yeah. And in a career like this, it's not like we're on super long-term contracts. We know for a fact we're set for the next 10 years, like a professional athlete or something, you know, like it's not like that in this industry anymore. And uh, it is kind of scary. So my dad is the one that's always like, man, like you've been everywhere. You've, you've brought your music around the whole earth. He's like, if it ended tomorrow, he's like, you should be nothing but damn proud. And I'm like, that's right. You're right, Dad. Let's let's go get a beer. You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool, yeah. man. I mean, it's cool to have your parents on your side like that, man. You know, that's right. Yeah. It's so cool. At first, they were like, what the hell are you doing? You're dropping out of school. Do what? And I was like, trust me. Give me a year. Let's see what happens. And then sure enough, you yeah. know, things started to gain momentum. And uh, now they're, they've always been in my corner. But for a minute, they thought I was kind of out of my mind. Probably more than a minute. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you, you really this this time of year, you really want to kind of let 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 them down a little bit because you don't want them expecting too much good shit for Christmas. That's that's my advice. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, come on, guys, you know. <laughs> oh, this is a tough time. We're going to the studio. You know, get a lot of expenses right now. You know, it's uh, yeah. Things things are, are we're hopefully getting better, but you know, I don't know. Things are, you know, nobody buys CDs anymore. You know, talk like that. That's the way to do it. Yeah, make them think that we're not doing that well, and then you know, here, here's a <laughs> here's a chocolate I'm, bar. Merry Christmas! <laughs> I made this macaroni sculpture for you. You know, it's, uh, it's <laughs> right around right around January. You invite them over to your apartment so you can show them your new gold record. You know, like oh, yeah. it just showed up, just opened it out of the box. Complete surprise! <laughs> it is pretty cool. Like we always do, like a little holiday show too around the holidays, and uh, we're talking about that right now, trying to get something planned and. You know, that always helps us with our Christmas shopping. It always also helps to do something fun, you know, for our fans. And um, to be honest, we haven't really done one before, so we're excited to try one out this year. So, Dave, take us back, like, all right, to, like, 2006, 2007, 2008. Like, what was it that let you know that things were clicking and that this was going to be not just, uh, you know, a high school band. This is going to be something that's going to be a career. It's going to take up your life for the next 20 to 50 years. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it was about that time that we kind of started 
noticing like a huge shift in momentum. It seemed like the, the, it was funny. I mean, the, the darkest part for this band, like we almost were done. Like we bought this new van and then it, uh, we put a brand new transmission in it after it blew, which was crazy. We had to borrow a lot of money to do that. We were all broke as a joke, you know, quit, quit our jobs, quit school and everything to do this. And then when you know, a week later, the van burned to the ground. <laughs> we have to put a new transmission in it. And we were all like, man, what are we going to do? You know, our parents really helped us out and everyone kind of chipped in and um, helped us get a loan on um, this new van. And it started getting us around, you know, regionally. And next thing you know, we were in the East Coast. And it just, we've kind of noticed more and more people showing up to the shows, more and more, um, you know, offers were coming in from labels, different people from the music industry were showing up to to meet with us and, you know, talk with us. And uh, it just kind of seemed like things started coming together. You know, next thing we knew, we had a manager and um, an agent. And then, you know, we started entertaining record deals. And it, it was just kind of interesting to see everything to start falling into place. And I think the first place you noticed it was just the attendance at our shows. We went from playing in front of, you know, five people in other bands, the 10 people in other bands, and then all of a sudden, you know, we started drawing 100 people, 200 people, and um, not being broke is a joke, and upping our per diems from $2 to $5. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> Was it a personnel change or something like that that you guys had happen in the lineup or, or, or an aha moment or musically that you think sort of made things change? Yeah, I think it was when we dropped the Dreams EP, and I think it was the smartest thing we ever did was not charging for it. We, uh, you know, released it for free that just you know the internet just kind of took over from there and that was i think one of the smartest things we could have done yeah that ep was definitely a turning point you know it's crazy when a band puts out a good record it's you know you can't ignore it for example you know bring me the horizon wasn't anywhere near where they are today up, up until that sempaternal record and all of a sudden you know like you know floor to ceiling boom through the ceiling <laughs> yeah. and i kind of feel like our dream ep was you know the first level of that for us of just blowing the band up it was it like overnight was it like all of a sudden your you know your inbox is is filled with you know people who are downloading this thing or or is it subtle or uh, you know what, what what how did that work yeah it definitely wasn't overnight but it was fast it was definitely fast like when things started coming together you know it ha- all happened over the course of maybe like six months you know and um ap put us like as the number one unsigned band or whatever of the year and like we were getting a manager agent like everything after that Dreams EP came out, it seemed like everything fell into place within six months. And then, you know, we were just a hot young band and it seemed like we were able to get on every tour and, you know, just, and we had, we picked the right tours to do too, which really helped. Yeah. I mean, Especially like, uh, you know, Warp Tour in 2011. And then we went straight into a tour with a day to remember, Bring Me the Horizon, Pierce the Veil and us. And, you know, the combination of those two tours just really put this band on the map, I think. I mean, to answer your question, it was <laughs> a slow process at first, but then everything fell into place rather quickly. I just imagine so, like your 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 phone sitting next to your bed, and like suddenly the Twitter starts going off. Follow, 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 and then it just goes yeah. ape shit all of a sudden. It's just like holy shit, how did this happen? And, and boom, it's just yeah, it was kind of viral in a, in a sense, you know, like <laughs> just releasing that EP for free and everything else. Just it, it, we had the best form of advertising. You know? It was a lot of word of mouth and you know the internet behind that. But it's, it, I, was it like, I mean, the internet's a big place. And no matter how good your music is, There's you a stick lot of it noise. out there. Yeah. It's a lot of noise. And, you know, it's a good EP, but, it, you know, it's a solid EP. But how did you cut through all that? Oh, my God. We, uh, back in the day, it was MySpace. 
Yeah. And we would just like I blow that. up pages, you know, uh, just begging people to listen to us. We're like, free music, free music, check us out, you know, please check us out. And just blowing up our um, internet following like all the time. And then I was on MySpace trying to book shows. You know, we were booking our own shows. And that was our big thing. You know, we were trying to get out in front of people, you know, physically. And then as well as on the internet, we, you know, we were kind of trying to fire on all cylinders. And, uh, you know, we worked our asses off. We're from a, you know, blue collar part of the country. And that's how we work. You know, like, I don't feel like any of us are the most talented musicians at the end of the day, but I just, I feel like we're really hard workers. And that's why, you know, we made it over some other bands that are technically more talented than us. We just wanted it so bad and worked our asses off to get it, you know? You know, because it's so much, it's so much of a better story than my, you know, my, my sister was dating Eminem. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it makes you appreciate everything so much more. Like, you know, when we got that new van after our old one burned down, we all were like borderlining tears, you know? And like, when we got our first real U.S. tour, you know, we, it, it's just like everything that we got just meant so much more to us. And, a huge thing is, you know, a lot of bands get signed and they just stop. Like, oh, we're signed. That's it. Cool. Everything's done for us. Like, we keep working, you know. We still work around the clock for this band. And we do a lot of things for this band on our own because we have a vision for them. And we don't want other people doing them for us. You know, we want to do them. Um, and, you know, that's, like, pretty much my number one word of advice to young bands out there is I'm like, dude, don't just wait for it. Like, you got to go get it. You got to work. <laughs> you got to hustle. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's looking at everything that comes in front of you like that as the next opportunity, whatever that is. Exactly. Uh, you know, whether it's a tour, whether it's a recording an album, whether it's, you know, every piece of it, it's the next opportunity to either try something different, do something new, or, you know, it's like all of that. You can't be afraid to fail, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and our first tours ever, I mean, we were going and playing for, nothing to 50 bucks a night sometimes we get lucky and get 100 bucks a night and literally to make it to the next show we'd have to stop at malls and like beg people like random people to buy our t-shirts for 10 bucks <laughs> just trying to get you know oh, fuel in the tank to make the next show and that's exactly what it was you know it's kind of a leap of faith we were like we weren't afraid to fail you know if anything we'd hopefully be able to call someone to come bail us out but you know we just went and tried to make it work and we found ways to make it work and you know, got the ball rolling. You, you said earlier that you guys are really, you know, you're goal oriented. You're working your asses off and and earning every bit. You know, I I was hearing about how like you were um, asked to try to sing a little bit more while on the last album and 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 sort of change the way that you're growling, and that seemed to almost uh, influence how you guys approached the songwriting. Or was it perhaps the opposite way? There's a definite like shift in what you guys are trying to do artistically on the self-titled album compared to the previous stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we just thought it was a really good time to try something different. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of parts that the music, you know, just kind of called for a different style of vocal than what I was normally giving the band. And uh, and yeah, I'm the type of vocalist for like, I, you know, for, for a time I was really bored just screaming. Um, you know, I wanted something more. So I started learning to like add pitches to my screens. And then, you know, on the last record I worked on like, different volumes of singing, different emotions behind singing. And that was a whole different ball game. I think that's a huge difference in the last record compared to the previous one. And that's just kind of what the band, you know, requested of me and called for. So, you know, I had to work, work, work. And in the words of Rihanna, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. And then, uh, you know, just 
I don't know, get get my voice where it needed to be. And now it's funny on this record, like, you know, we're going a little heavier on this one. And it's it's funny because Kyle's kind of in the boat I was in. He's like, dude, I want to scream more on this record, and I want to do more of this. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> do it. <laughs> so, you know, we're both trying to be as versatile as we can. Wow. Right That's got to be such an awesome thing to have. Why didn't anybody else think of this? I mean, not that you guys are the first band to do it, but having two vocalists with two very different sounds offers so much more of what you can do uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, sonically with with your songs. Now, not that I'm suggesting that Freddie Mercury needed somebody standing behind him singing too, but it it got to offer you guys a lot of different options with how you approach your uh, uh, your songwriting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. It, it, it honestly like wasn't even something that was planned. It just kind of like accidentally happened. We used to have two screamers, and I used to play guitar, <laughs> like. The only reason we had two screamers is our one friend didn't have anything to do, and he just kind of followed the band around. So we were like, dude, you can be in the band. <laughs> and and then, uh, you know, they moved me from guitar up to replace one of them, and we still just had, I was kind of singing at the time and screaming, and he was screaming. And then um, we removed him, and I just moved to just screaming, and we were like, we should start adding more singing to our music. And that's when, you know, we added Kyle. So the two vocalist thing kind of like wasn't something we even – thought about how awesome it could be it just it, we kind of grew into it i guess and that's got to be cool when you get kyle in there you know doing the clean singing and then all of a sudden it's not just dudes showing up to your shows that's <laughs> cool. yeah right <laughs> yeah it definitely uh it <laughs> i think you know without kyle like we wouldn't have got as far as we did you know adding that melody was definitely um you know a game changer for us Oh, yeah, don't say that too loud. <laughs> yeah, right. If he would have heard me say that, oh man! <laughs> no, 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 no ego, sweet. No, no, none of that. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. How in the world, stuck, man? <laughs> you know, in the beginning, we're talking about how your drummer, like, how could he quit? But then, now we think about it, man, he's in a band with two singers. How did he last that long? <laughs> That's yeah, a great point. <laughs> I think the only thing worse would be two drummers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh god can you imagine the trailer oh jeez. oh my god um, can you imagine that the noise and everything the, i'm just thinking about all the damn gear uh so just oh, uh, so the personalities much. though man come on seriously i i'm thoroughly convinced you got a human being who's able to get his left arm and his right arm to do two very distinctly different things at the same time not to mention his left leg and his right leg that's a brain that is operating on a on a totally duplicitous level fragmented that, uh, yeah. it's insane i mean yeah like drummers blow my mind and you know and it's funny because the drummer mentality is, is, is a different mentality than any other player, you know? And, and it's funny because they're all, even though they have different personalities, they all have similar traits. Like, I feel like you got to be a little bit crazy to be a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So speaking of which, who are you guys going to work working with now? Um, right now, uh, we're doing the record, the music with Nick Sampson, as well as um, some vocals. And we're doing um, some music and vocals as well in L.A. Um, with Drew Falk and some stuff with Eric Ron as well. So it's kind of cool the way we're writing. We always tend to write better if we don't have to sit down and be like, all right, the next 10 weeks are in the studio. We always work better when it's kind of broken up. Hmm. So it's cool. Like we're writing for a couple weeks now, a couple weeks at the start of December, and then, you know, a few weeks in January and February. So it's broken up really nice. It's going to keep us nice, like inspired and fresh mentally. And um, 
it's also cool as we're working with, you know, different people that can bring different ideas to the table. And what's even cooler is they're all friends of ours. So we work extremely well together. And um, this wasn't even the original plan, but we started working on some stuff a few months ago and Wasted Age came out of this. And we were like, dude, this is the formula. Like, this is what we need to do. And, you know, especially after we saw the reaction from our fans and everybody, we were like, this is it. This is what we're doing. We're doing the same thing for the rest of the record. <laughs> Yeah. So it all so, kind of worked out nicely. That's good. So, but who's going to be doing the drums for you? Doctor Rhythm Five Fifty, right? <laughs> for the writing, yeah, we're just using the computer um, and writing some basic drums. But um, when we actually, you know, finish all the demos and start the tracking process, we have a few different people in mind. I don't really want to shout any names out and get anybody's hopes up, but um, we have some friends that are very talented drummers, and um, you know, a few of them are definitely down to see what they can do on the record so we're almost going to do a little audition to see who's going to play yeah live stream that man that would be so cool to like watch you know right yeah Just... yeah seriously i mean we want to make this whole um studio session you know this this whole writing process and recording process you know, really open, you know, we want to just have all the windows open and let everybody check out what we're doing in some way or another, you know, um, as our fans are always curious what's going on. I think it'd be kind of cool to let them in a little further than we normally do. Well, those back end videos, the behind the scenes things are kind of done now. So, you know, it's all about like live video, you know, you gotta see, you gotta see, yeah. you gotta see the shooting in progress. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Facebook live, the whole thing, <laughs> that'd be the bandwidth yeah, to be mean, held. Um, but, you know. <laughs> Our record label has some pretty cool ideas as well, and we have some cool ideas, and, you know, there's definitely going to be a lot more interaction with this record with our fans, and, yeah, you know, more real-time stuff. What is the next big thing, though? Like, I mean, because, you know, we're t- the whole thing that happened with the uh, with the Allegiant and the crowdfunding deal that happened this, uh, you know, recently as far as them getting some shit for doing it trying to do things different. And you see diff- different subscription models for different uh, bands that are doing things for their EPs and stuff like that. Do you guys have any, any stuff like that in the works that's different from the regular, okay, we're going to record, we're going to put an album out, we're going to do three months worth of the, you know, you obviously do something because you have a single out months in advance of everything else. What, what are some of the other tricks that you might have up your sleeve? The only thing that's really coming up is, like I said, the, the more interaction. But, um, you know, when this record's done, you know, that's when things are going to get really interesting because our first four releases, I feel like our rollout plans were all pretty similar. And they were all on the same label, you know, um, and we had a lot of the same team. And I think the cool thing is with this record is we now have a completely different team, a completely different label, you know, different minds. And we're all having the mindset like this fifth record can't be the same as our first four when it comes out so you're definitely going to see a different rollout what exactly i'm not sure and you know and we're going to want to unveil it you know when the time's right but it's definitely going to be different i can promise that than the last four can i go back to the drummer real quick because chuck tried to move (laughs) off this way too quick Uh oh uh oh so all right so josh used to be really goofy looking but he's definitely filled out the rest of you guys are good looking dudes so when yeah. you're auditioning drummers, I got to ask this seriously. If you got some fatso who sits down there, fat like Chuck. <laughs> hey. But, I mean, that's got to be a consideration, right? It's got to have a look. You know, it's, it is, it, it's, it's sad, but that's always been the music industry, you know? Like, it's, it, it's, it's shitty, but 
that is the reality of it. Like, you know, luckily, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really see it, but we've been told we're good looking guys. And I think that helped us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Like I, I don't like it. I mean, and I don't know, I guess it, there's no one stopping us from changing it, but, um, yeah, I mean, that is something to like that bands have to consider in this day and age. And it sucks. <laughs> That'd be cool if you like, it's like a live stream audition and makeover, you know, because <laughs> that would be, uh, oh my God, my girlfriend would be in heaven, like uh, getting to give someone a makeover. <laughs> oh, come you on. Know, they, get them the right, right tattoos. They know? don't all have to be skinny, man. I mean, I, I, I think about, you know, Black Dahlia Murder and, uh, you know, and, and um, maybe like ugly Vin, band. Vincent Bennett or somebody like from Acacia <laughs> Strain. It's like, come on, dude, we don't all have to be skinny and stuff. And, oh. Uh, no. Shit. No, no. If Skinny, Skinny's out, man. Like See? my whole band's just trying to get jacked right now. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. Oh my god. Yeah, but I mean, it is. A, it's a real thing, and and you know, you can't. It's it's not just about being on stage and looking good and feeling good, but you know, you're gonna do a band photo and all that, and uh, you know, the girls yeah, who are. It's, they're 14 yeah, or 15. This is their introduction to the band. Yeah, they're scanning left to right. The f- dude on the far left, they don't know if it's the singer or or the useless bassist. They It might be, you know, maybe it's the drummer. But if if they're thinking maybe that's the vocalist, man, that's over. That 14-year-old's moving on to another band. Yeah, it's like, it's so it's so silly. I mean, and it's honestly a part of the music industry that my band probably has the hardest time with. Like, our label talking on this next record, how they might have to get us a stylist because we're all just like, no, that's dumb. Like, we're not, no, come on. Like, and they're like, you guys got to look good. And we're like, okay, you're kind of right. But <laughs> like, none of us are those kind of people where like, we're, you know, like we're not going to go wear makeup or like, you know, weird tight leather pants or anything, you know, <laughs> like we just want to be us. And to an extent, I agree with them. Like we got to look good, but you know, we're never going to be like the super pretty band, you know, it's just, it's not us. If you knew us as people, you'd be like, oh yeah, I can see why he says that. <laughs> Yeah, and everybody who you know who thinks like Chuck, like maybe the drummer could be fat. They're going, you know, they're like, "Hey, look at Weezer, you know, come on, ugly, goofy looking band, but they're genuine and people are really into it." Yeah, and that's all well and good, but you know, uh, come on, let's be serious. There's only one Weezer. It's a definitely a different world than the world we're in. I mean, you're right. There, there are younger girls that need to, I don't know, look at us and think we're pretty. Like I said. I still don't see it. I think I'm in a band with some ugly dudes, but <laughs> I've been told otherwise. So, <laughs> well, you know, you you get to see the ugly side of those dudes. You know, not not just like the pretty side. It's not you get oh, and smell the ugly side. Too, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it, it's all about that kind of stuff. You're like, oh no, there's no way that no, there's no way Andy's pretty. No, sorry, <laughs> no, there, there really isn't. I mean, especially like when he has farts that can clear out an entire bus. I mean. <laughs> See, I'm like, how do people find this man attractive? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and plus, you get to a certain level, you can look as gnarly as you want to look, and it's all good, you know. Yeah, and you guys are pretty. I'd say you're almost there. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's the goal, right? You know, go on stage your pajamas. And- yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, hey, Dave, what what's your earlobe status? Man, I don't know. Like, I've, I've been kind of weird about my ears lately. I don't know. I. I I mean, are you sticking I, uh, with the plugs, or are you gonna gonna try to clean, tuck that up, and clean that up? Or I don't know. Do you... My girlfriend's always giving me a hard time about it too. I, w- I was in Colombia with her, her, her and her family are from Colombia. We were down there for the holidays, and uh, I like jumped off this huge rope swing tree thing into a river, 
and my plugs fell out. And it's Columbia. It was really hard to find any kind of jewelry anywhere, so I just gave up on it. Two weeks later, got home, and they were, like, way smaller. So I got some smaller jewelry, put those in, and then I went in the ocean and lost those. Head with <laughs> ones, same story. I was on my boat, water skiing, lost those. I don't know. I'm just so bad with them. I feel like I'm not meant to have them. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. That Like, plugs, that's an expensive hobby. Oh, like. dude, you lose them all the time. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I started down that road, and I didn't get, I didn't get too far. But, yeah, they, they pop out like crazy. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure. Might get them stitched. Might, uh, I'll figure it out in the next few weeks. <laughs> well, you got to figure it out before the photos session, you know, which is Ugh. not too far away. Because if you're going to get them stitched, you need them to heal before they do the photos. Honestly, being in a band too, I think that's I think that's maybe my least favorite part about being in a band is either photo shoots or music videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, I figure with the music videos that's your chance to you know every rock star wants to be uh, a, an actor and every actor wants to be a rock star so the music video is that perfect opportunity for everybody in your band to be what they actually want to be which is an actor right i don't know i, I don't know if i'm cut out for it like i mean uh we had to do some acting in our last video pray for me and i was like yeah i mean actually our last few videos we've had to do some acting like for a storyline and i was just like man this is hard. I think I'm good at this. <laughs> and then the director's like, no, man, you did great. And yeah, actually our last video is the, my favorite one we've ever made for, uh, uh, who will pray. And mm. just cause it was sick. Like we didn't have to pretend like we were playing or really act that much. We just had to learn these like fight scenes and stuff. So that was, that was sweet. <laughs> I'm down with that. I wish every video was like that. That'd be fun, but <laughs> they're not. No, come on. All right. Now do it again. Uh, do it yeah, again. Yeah, perform it again. Do it again. Play the same song 150 times over. <laughs> do it again. Oh, dude. Well, yeah. you know, that's, that's, uh, that's part of the job. You know, yeah, right. it's like you, you can't just, you know, you can't just do the stuff you like. You, you got to do stuff that the fans enjoy. And, you know, and that's all part of it. You got to keep the fans happy. You got to keep the listeners happy. And, you know, they're the ones that technically at the end of the day are paying your bills. So if they want a music video, they're going to get a music video no matter, you know, how much I like it or hate it. <laughs> We're going to make it happen for them. <laughs> well, I'm surprised. I would have thought you'd be like, oh, you know, as soon as you write a song, you're like, oh, I got this great idea how we can, like, you know, make fun of our former booking agent manager or whatever it is that you just <laughs> let go of and, and do it on a video. This will be great, you know, and, and boom, you know, that that's how another creative outlet. Now, not like saying you guys are going to turn it into OK Go or anything, but I could see that as being like just another part of the art. Yeah, I mean, you know who does that is our bass player, Andy. He's super... Um super into like movies and like uh that whole aspect of it the visual art um he's always so good he he, he basically borderline co-directs a lot of our videos and helps write them and he always seems to have a vision almost pretty much as soon as the song's done he already knows what the music video is going to be oh, so cool. that's more his expertise the rest of us just he tells us what to do with, with it and we're like all right that's uh Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> That's what every band needs. They need a bassist with an actually useful skill. <laughs> <laughs> he folds yeah, t-shirts uh, really well. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's he's extremely useful. He actually designs all of our clothes, like all the We Came as Romans merch. Wow. Um, wow. As of the last like year, pretty much. Um, yeah, he code. He like helps write a lot of our music videos and kind of uh, has a vision for them all the time and. He's definitely the, and then he also always helps with our CD artwork. So he's definitely the visual arts guy of the band. 
All right, I guess you can keep him around for a little while then. All right. <laughs> yeah, he's worth something. <laughs> no, when we first met him in the band, he like he could barely play bass and he couldn't even like rock out on time. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad for but, a bass uh, player. <laughs> yeah, we were like, well, he's a hard worker and he helped us get our first T-shirt, so hopefully he'll figure it out within the next few months. And yeah, sure enough, he did. You know, <laughs> but, you know, first right, full I, circle coming around. You know, right, right. like I said, you know, we're just a hardworking band you know we were always interested in the hardworking people as your songwriting dave are you guys thinking in terms of like okay we still don't have the song that is this for the album we still don't have the song that is the this you know whether whether it's like the 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 radio hit or the uh, the ballad, uh you know uh, yeah the song the chicks will dig or the song that'll make the mosh pit the roll, sing-along you know. the, the, exactly yeah. do you have that sort of like in your head as you guys are songwriting that there's a mission to every song you write yeah i i'd say a little bit yeah definitely a little bit at the end of the day we're mostly concerned about just putting the best songs on the record. And if that means more mosh heavy songs than, you know, rock songs or whatever, then so be it. Um, you know, that's kind of how our last record came about. We wrote a ton of songs and just picked the best ones. Um, this record's a little different. We actually, you know, because of putting out Wasted Age early and stuff and the formula that works for that, we, we actually have more of a direction on this record than we ever have. So I don't know that this record will work that way, you know, or we needed this kind of song or this kind of song. Like, I think we have a good formula and we're just going to keep putting the songs together and see what we end up with. That, that could be interesting. Hmm. I think it hmm. will one be. La- yeah. You know, we're doing stuff a lot different than we ever have. So I think it'll be cool. One last question about this new drummer that eventually you guys sign on the, the non fatty drummer. <laughs> so like, all right, you guys have busted your ass for years and years and years. You guys deserve to be stockholders, and we came as Romans Inc., right? So does the new dude, since you guys are, 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 are where you're at with your careers, are you in a place where you can just hire a guy and he just gets a salary, but he, you know, he's along for the ride and he's got job security to that degree, but he's not like part of the central team, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not something we've officially talked about, but I feel like it would have to be something like that. You know, we've all been grinding this out. You know, Kyle was the last member to join, and that was in 2007 or eight, I believe. So we've all been grinding this out for eight-plus years. And um, someone can't just walk in and, you know, get the same kind of perks and benefits that we've all established for ourselves. Don't get me wrong. We're not going to be like, go come on tour. Here's $200. You know, we're going to take care of them, but I think it'd be more like uh, – pay them for each tour kind of basis. And then, you know, kind of when it like we're off tour, just give them like a little bit of something um, to keep them going. But yeah, it, they definitely have to kind of work into the circle a little bit more before we could just um, write them right in. I think. Yeah. I've streamed the hazing process. <laughs> just to say, boys, you gotta, you gotta stream the Newstead <laughs> process, man. You know, like yeah. it's, yeah, the- yeah. You want to be our driver, this is what you got to do. <laughs> All right, go over there and pull that guy's pants down. All right, do it. All right, go. <laughs> we're, we're definitely, like, generous people. So, I mean, I don't think it would be anything, like, too crazy, or I don't think we'd treat them like a slave or anything, you know. But, I mean, um, they definitely uh, they'd have to work their way up a little bit. Well, you know, and those things that you always hear, uh, creative differences, that always equals, you know, money. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh, it's it's definitely you know it's it, it's it's a tough career. I mean, you're you're kind of, I mean, I'm with the, my bandmates around the clock, 
you know, probably eight months a year, you know, from sunup till sundown, we're always with almost within arm's reach of each other. And yeah, it's hard. Sometimes you want to take each other's heads off, but you know, um, and that a lot of times, sadly, you know, no matter what they actually release to the media, I feel like more times than not, a band will break up because of personal differences. And, um, it's hard. It's, it's definitely not easy to get along with so many other people when you're in such close quarters and have different values, things you want to do, don't want to do. Like, I don't know, like, like sometimes I want to go to bed and everyone's up partying or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it, there's always differences, but it's more so how you can work them out. You know, as long as you can settle everything before it blows up into something big, you know, that's usually the key to success with getting along in a band. Right on. Yeah, bands get along so much better when the drummer doesn't get a vote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, take take that one away. <laughs> yeah, it's a little easier, you know. As a five piece, you know, there's no more votes down the middle anymore. It's not yeah. an uh, odd number, so <laughs> band votes are a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, except the drummer's like, "Hey, how about can you do it at 260 BPM? How about that?" <laughs> you know, they, they fuck with you on stage, you know. So there's always that option. You don't want to get into that battle because they'll always win. No. Yeah. Yep, you'll lose. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I don't want you to get fat before the photo shoot, but Buddy's Pizza, man, I miss it so much. You have no Whoa. idea. Dude, I. so have you ever heard of Buddy's Pizza? So I'm guessing you've been to Michigan. I, I lived in Michigan up until 1999, 98, 99, from about 89 to 99. Dude, did you ever go to Green Lantern? Yeah, I think so. That was uh, I think uh, that's the only spot that rivals buddies for me. It's like I remember the crust being all messed up. It's weird. The crust is definitely not as good if you want to compare the crusts, but the pizza itself is pretty good. I'd say uh, those two are my two favorite pizzas by far. Buddies and, yeah. Well, I, I got a recommendation for you. When next you're on tour, you go to Austin, Texas. There is a little trailer on the east side of Austin called Via 313. And it blows buddies out of the water. It's not only the greatest pizza in the world, it is the greatest food on earth. Uh, I will do that. <laughs> Detroit style pizza. I will do that. I'll let you know what I think. Yeah, please, please do. I think, and, you know, they would just love to, to, to know that you tried their pizza. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, Detroit, Detroit. All right. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Well, Dave, thanks so much for all your time, man. And thanks for being so uh, candid and awesome with us. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No worries, man. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. You got me thinking it's over, so me you!
today.
Am I Demon is the song from Coliseum right there, a little dancing cover. It's on a uh, seven inch that just came out last week with uh, Doom Riders. I think they do Possession. I think is the song that uh, Doom Riders do. Yeah, it's good stuff. I I, I, dig I hope it. it's as good as that because you know I, I've always felt felt that like you know Black Sabbath is okay, but covers of Black Sabbath are almost always awesome. I, you know, and I've always like liked Danzig, but I don't want to like Danzig. So <laughs> it'd be really cool if like bands covering Danzig actually made Danzig more awesome. And I think that I think that was a good example of Danzig getting more awesome with that with that song, honestly. So I've yeah. been kind of hit or miss on some of the Coliseum records the last couple. And uh, and I, I, I just like that. And I think that's actually I think it was on an album or something i think it was on um oh something else like it came out somewhere else before this i don't remember temper i don't remember the name of the record but um so it may be somewhere else but i know that the seven inch version that they're that they just did like that just came out and i i think it was like magic bullet records or somewhere where you can grab the hold of that one so good stuff man now speaking of things that just came out last week we got a brand new metallica record oh my god oh my god new metallica did you did you hear that there's a new Metallica record, dude? <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard about that Metallica was putting an album out, but if in case you missed it, it sort of was like Avenged Sevenfold, where nobody knew that it was going to happen, uh, and it just <laughs> suddenly showed up in your inbox. Or was that you, too? Like, they just gave it to everybody on iTunes. No, no, they didn't that, do that. That was the smartest thing ever, and I don't get why people hated it. But Well, because I still have a fucking YouTube record, YouTube record that I can't delete off my goddamn phone. So, yeah. you know, I think they finally made it to where you could delete it. But, uh, yeah, if you didn't know, Metallica was coming out with a new record and, and, and it's out now. So <laughs> are, are you excited? I just love the fact that. All right. So everybody, everybody who's gotten this album early loves this album, thinks it's the greatest thing since, you know, justice, maybe. Right. Mm, and, yeah. And, and and meanwhile, like the songs that we've heard so far are kind of meh you know well no i mean i think they're good i think i i think the one the singles are really good uh you know so far and and we're gonna have music videos for every single song here very soon so that's uh, like gonna be coming in the next couple days or came out the last at the end of last week big change from the band they used to swear they'd never have a music video i mean well i mean i know that was 60 years ago now but still you know it's kind of like oh, now boy they changed that that whole idea didn't they well granted and the other weird thing i thought about the releasing all the videos is is that you know you're sort of giving all your your album away for free aren't you in a weird way if you if it's up there on YouTube for you to watch, and granted you can monetize it and everything, but really as far as album sales are concerned or anything like that, and downloads, you're kind of just giving away the baby with the bathwater, are you not? It seems but, seems hey. like that's all Lars is interested in is making sure that you can monetize it, even in a small way. And I don't blame him. I mean, I that's that's I mean anybody else puts a video up on YouTube, you're gonna get your hundred thousand views if you're lucky, and you make jack on. yeah all you do is you hope that people watch it and then they want to go see you in concert when you come to town and that's pretty much it mm-hmm. you know uh that's your only hope metallica and, will get five million on each one and they'll actually make yeah, a little bit exactly. of cash off of it yeah 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 now it, it'll be interesting to see whether you know they make more money than they did on their movie <laughs> um, I, I bet they probably will uh i'm, I'm curious <laughs> if they'll sell uh, sell slash stream more than uh than avenge did 
you know, uh, see how that works because the build up to this Metallica record has been outrageous. I mean, like it it's, is. I mean, it's been incredible, like what they've been doing, whether it's, you know, recording videos for all of them, three singles that are out before, before the album dropped, uh, or yeah, three, I think total. And then they're doing this whole, like this whole past weekend, they did a whole, uh, like campaign to radio where they were doing, uh, the Corey Taylor interview, uh, to radio stations and stuff with, uh, the band members and being interviewed by Corey Taylor that was out there, like an hour long special on it. Uh, I mean, they're, they're freaking all over the place, man. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I was thinking about to when we interviewed Kirk a few months ago and I think one of the questions I asked him was, why do you do stuff? (laughs) (laughs) It was something like that. Cause you know, you don't have to do anything, you know? And, and I think with Metallica, they don't have to do all of this promoting and stuff. I would assume that they're excited themselves to get this music out there and that's why they're out there promoting it you know how it is mm. when you're a band that's recorded something that's kind of okay then you just kind of like eh, you do what you have to do but you know yeah but, but at the same this, time with the at the same time you look at that attitude that there's the same attitude that event sevenfold had where we don't have to do any pre-promotion for this stuff and then next thing you know you're selling half the albums that you uh that Times you sold they did yeah. you know so i mean I think Metallica understands that in this world of noise, you gotta make a, you gotta be the noisiest motherfucker out there, or else you're not gonna break through. Yeah, Metallica can do that. Yeah, and they actually yeah. can't afford to do that in advance, you know, and and bang the drum as much as they can before the album drops. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like they they can do that because they they've got the machine behind them. And I, well, then that begs the question of maybe all of this promotion and need to sell a ton of albums is because it's eight years since the last time they've done this. They realize that nobody downloads and pays or, uh, you know, goes out and buys CDs and pays for albums like they did even eight years ago. Mm. And meanwhile, they have that machine and that machine has been running for eight years with no fuel in that tank. In fact, they, you know, they, they thought they were putting fuel in it with the movie. They thought they were putting fuel in it with the festival. And oh, uh, dude. that tank might be getting low. Yeah, it's probably getting a little low. But at the same time, though, you know, they put on a concert, man. And, I mean, they're going to sell it out. They put on, you know, and the merch sales and the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, you name it, dude. You know, the, that's a cash cow. <clears throat> I mean, no matter what. I mean, it's fucking Metallica. So, I mean, people are still buying the Black Album. You know, so you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's like that's still a, in the top, top 200. So it's like, well, eh, 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 you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, I, I I think they need to make a splash so that so that this is I feel like this is important to them as like a comeback record, like more so than Death Magnetic was, you know, which is weird because Death and Magnetic, you know, f- the follow up uh, to whatever that was before um <laughs> you know saint anger yeah that 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 felt like it was one of those but i think this this almost feels like something else to prove and it kind of ha- dovetails into um that recent statement from kirk hammett uh about why because because you look at it uh, how he didn't have much to do with the recording of the, uh, not the recording of the writing of this record and that it's a kind of a lars deal you know this, this all feeding into the lars ego yeah, from uh, Metal Injection posted it, uh, the clip. Uh, I don't know where they, they got the quote from, but uh, Hammett says, For me, being in this band, I always want to contribute. I always have a lot of musical concepts and ideas to bring to the table. 
obviously that was not meant to be this time. <laughs> and I had to accept that fact. So I focused on my solos, just making sure that my playing on the album was at its best. Oh, man. Is that the most painful thing you've ever read? Wow. That's just as one fourth of the Mighty Metallica. I mean, I would expect that like from Rob, you know, like, well, you know, I was just doing my bass thing. Yeah. You know, you know, because yeah. you treat him like you know, like Newstead, you know, uh, but from from Hammett, it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. But see, it sort of dovetails into that. It's like this 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 is the reimagining, the rebirth, the blah, 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 the Lars machine. You know, it's bigger and bigger. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I wonder if that's all kind of tied together, you know? I don't know. I was reading, you know, as I read that over and over again, I'm trying to, like, get a sense of, like, I can't believe it. nobody asks the follow-up question. But, you know, like, is, is it because you gave those ideas and Lars and James thought they sucked? Or did Lars and James go, no, 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 Kirk, just keep it to yourself? Or was he just, the, you know, being, hey, man, you know, whatever, you know, whatever works, man. Right. You know, like, doing his right. thing where he's all that. You know, if you're, if you're not assertive. In a in in a room full of alphas, you, you know you're no, you're never going to get your ideas out there. Well, that's probably part of the reason why he's been able to stay in that band is not being an alpha. That's true. But too. you know, Lars and James. I mean, you know who Kirk is. I hope at this point you've been playing with him for eighty years. Now, don't you kind of go, hey, Kirk? I know you got something, some ideas. Come on, let's sit down, let's hang out. You had eight years to do it. You know, you don't do that at some point. Mm. I mean, to me, I don't get that artistically. I get the idea that like, hey, I've got this total concept in my head and I really want to put it out there and the whole thing. But you're part of a band. You know, if you've got a total concept that that like and and, and you, there's no room for anybody else's input, put out a solo album. Mm. When's the last time we saw a Lars Ulrich solo album? You know, <laughs> go do that. Oh, wow. That sounds frightening. I like like just the prospect of that sounds frightening. It's like, oh my god, no! I but don't know. it sounds kind of like maybe that's what this album's gonna be. It's just you know, James's lyrics. I don't know how much of an asset that is. Well, but I mean, it, it also depends. I mean, because because it depends on how far you want to drift. Like if if uh, I'm trying to think if. Uh, Angus Young came to ACDC and said that he wanted to do some jazz stuff on the new ACDC album. Everybody else would go, fuck off. We're going to do another ACDC record. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I think that you've got to, uh, if if their their what mission is, is. Who else? There's nobody else well, in ACDC. I, I know, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> is it Axl Rose and two guys who Angus can't remember the name that, of? Like, yeah, that's the only guy I could think of, man. I was like, shit. I don't know who else is in there. I was like, Phil Rutt. No, he's not in there. Uh, Bond Scott. No, no, that didn't work out. Trust uh, me, if uh, Angus had, has, a, has a jazz bug up his ass, that's the next ACDC record. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if okay, we Metallica metallica proper wants this to be we want to kind of try to return to form if the ideas that kirk has or that he's bringing aren't don't align with what they're trying to accomplish with this album then you know maybe that's for the next record or or whatever for something else you know so who knows no it's not gonna happen what kirk is Kirk's just gonna he's he's just along for the ride oh dude yeah but I'd I'd totally take that ride fuck yeah I mean screw it remember what is it like a year ago when he had like this phone filled with ideas filled with ideas apparently none of them backed up to the cloud but so be it It, he (laughs) loses the phone right and and well then why was he recording any of these ideas 
Well, if he knew that it Lars became the new Avenged Sevenfold record, so be it, man. You know, <laughs> right. it's, uh, uh, so Ebb Shadows found his phone actually, and fucking did. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good idea. I think if I'm a band, I'm calling up Kurt and going, "Hey, do you, you want to like write some songs for my album?" Because Kirk is sitting around with ideas and he's nobody's letting him get them out there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, because what, what was it, Rob, who said that this is Lars's vision, right? You know, so. Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, so be it, dude. You know, it's so so far uh, people are eating it up. You know, I guess we'll see when the uh, when the sales finally hit uh, and see how it all pans out in the end. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, man. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't feel bad for Kirk. I mean, no, that's why you shouldn't. You know, the, the guy's got the dream gig, you know, and if it were me, I'd be like, ideas hey if i don't if if you're not gonna bother asking for them i'm not gonna make them so you know even easier you know yeah yeah but But that doesn't he's gonna have to wait another yeah he's gonna have to wait another eight years to find out whether or not it's gonna be uh worth his while so it's like sorry dude you got some time to hang out and wait and all that stuff and uh play those solos to a t so it's all good but he's waiting he's like waiting to contribute one song idea on the geriatrica album you know that's that's it's not that's not that's not a creative life you know yeah but dude he could go and play he just goes need do the next exit he'll do the new exodus album or something you know i mean he 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 played a solo on that last album so i mean go stick something over there for a while man it's all good Yeah, if I'm, I'm 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 the guys in Exodus, I'm calling up Kirk. Going, like you, like you yeah, said, I'm not asking. Uh, just 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 write some songs. Man. It's still it's still you know he's still fucking Metallica. So yeah, I don't I, I don't feel too bad for him. You know, I, I think I think he's gonna be just fine. You I'm know what sure, I mean? But he, doesn't he get bored? Maybe, but I mean, you know, they've got they've got time and money and all that other stuff. So I mean, you know, he fucks around with the the horror stuff. You know, and he he's got the, he makes those pedals, bro, and he does all kinds of other stuff. So you know, that's why the, they got to the, branch the out. These are other people's movies. The pedal is you know another guy engineering it. I mean, maybe he's got some ideas and con- contributes to it and all that. But it's not like he's sitting down with you know a hammer and some nails and making some guitar pedals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, dude. I mean, he's just sit around and dweeby dweeby. He's the most artist of all four of those guys. And he's got no outlet for it. Well, maybe he's playing like, you know, little coffee bars that we don't know about or anything like that, you know, under a pseudonym <laughs> or all, I swear, like I saw him, I, one of the pictures they had posted the other day, like had him with a hat on or something. And I did not, I barely recognized that dude or like he had his hair in a ponytail or some shit. And like, and I was like, well, who the fuck is that guy? And he's <laughs> like, did not even look like Kirk Hammett. So, I mean, I think he could just put his hair in a ponytail or a man bun or something and play at a coffee house and nobody would even know. You know, oh, so man, that's the power of cell phones and blabbermouth. <laughs> I mean, you can do Kansas covers, man. And no, no, no. You get you get in the right spot and nobody would even have an idea. They'd be like, well, this guy sucks. <laughs> I know that he's going to be busy for like the next 18 months and all that, but it would be cool to hear what Kirk Hammett has to say creatively. That's all I'm saying. Mm. It would be cool if, like, the opening band for Metallica was Kirk Hammett and whatever shit ideas we're letting him play. You know? That's a that's, great name they, for a they, band. I like that. Yeah. Gonna, that's, <laughs> Kirk that's Hammett's shit ideas. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, why not? You know? I mean, I, I get, you know, it's exhausting Metallica play a pretty long set, but 
I want to. I want to hear what he has to say. Mm, I don't know. Uh, it could be good, but there might be a reason to, that you know they. Hey guys, I got this idea. No, 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 yeah. no, no. That ain't gonna. There, ever, there might be a reason. At the, at the beginning of the year, we we're making our year predictions, and I, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Anso who predicted that uh, this would be the year that Mustaine returns to Metallica, even if it's just in like, you know, as like a uh, a song or two on the tour. Uh-huh. And it turns out that actually this is the year that Hammett uh barely <laughs> barely shows up for metallica it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. all right let's wrap this damn show up man thanks to uh, dave stevens for being our guest this week we came as romans uh and uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to this podcast all over the place so itunes stitcher wherever you get your podcast metal sucks podcast search it Leave us a review, a couple of stars, tell your friends about it, you know, whatever it takes, man. Why? Because we got to grow this pie a little bit, if you will. Ah, uh, pie. Sorry, I'm already thinking about Thanksgiving. It's already, I'm starting to get hungry now at this point. Uh, make sure you're uh, following us on social media all over the place. I'm at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify. At Chuck and Godless on Instagram and on Patreon, ChuckandGodless.com or Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless. We would appreciate that. Don't forget, next week we are going to be off uh, for a week and then we'll be back with our best of 2016. And that's going to happen. Check out my first. Yeah, the first podcast of December is going to be our best of the year. My uh, Spotify playlist for some clues for sure. And then I've been spinning stuff just to try to nail down my list. A couple things that I kind of like semi written off before kind of can get my ear again and things that, 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 you know, like earlier in the year I, I thought was really good, but not like awesome. Now as the year has gone on, I found that, you know, reviewing, I, I I've listened to those albums more than just about anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Oh, and, and a quick it, shout out. Oh, oh can I give a quick shout out to uh, uh, Ben and Mike over at the Post Flop Poker Podcast? Mike hooked me up with a couple free books, and they gave us a shout out on their podcast. So shout out back! Awesome, excellent, very much. Uh, well, and, uh, and what I was going to say though is that we've got something special uh, for the best of 2016. Oh yes, where yeah. the number one album we're actually going to. We're we're gonna we're we're gonna give the award. We're actually going to present the award to the award winner. So that's gonna happen on uh, the first podcast of December. So uh, be on the lookout for that. So that's gonna be very good. And of course, you know you can find all those metalsucks.net. Uh, click on the podcast tab. That's where all of our old podcasts are. So if you're looking for something to do post Thanksgiving, uh, all the rush, download all those podcasts and give them a listen. Man, check out some of our past interviews. We would appreciate it. All right. So till next. Well, after Thanksgiving, happy holidays and all that good stuff. I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is another Metal Sucks podcast. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.